0: It seems like teaching people to not be so upset by uncertainty would be part of the craft of curiosity
1: thanks for joining us today this is choose to be curious a show all about curiosity we talk about research and theory but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life i'm your host lynn borton welcome come choose to be curious with us today We're going straight for the research and theory and seeing how they might, in fact, influence said work and life. What happens when professors of management and business administration grapple with the concept of creativity? As organizational psychologist Wharton professor and New York Times bestselling author Adam Grant put it, a rare read that's engaging, evidence-based, and entirely useful. Not one. But two listeners recommended I talk with Matthew Gronin, who together with Jeffrey Lowenstein of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign has written The Craft of Creativity. They've taken on the important work of debunking our constraining, one might say self-defeating, notions about who is creative and when and how creativity happens. Rather than focus on creative people or products, They've taken hold of the creative process, which, as they put it, is about making the inconceivable thinkable. Making the inconceivable thinkable, that's an idea that I love, not least because it embodies what I have always thought of as the optimism of curiosity, that expression of confidence that there is potential in the unknown. And if we only apply ourselves there, think what we might discover. My guest is Matthew Cronin, an associate professor of management at George Mason University. Matt received his PhD in organizational behavior from Carnegie Mellon University. A musician, and I have discovered a generous and thoughtful correspondent, Matt has focused his research on understanding how collaboration can help produce creative ideas and what it takes to then bring those ideas to fruition. Because innovation begins with a creative idea or notion, One stream of his research focuses on the generation of creative ideas, especially how people come to discover useful interactions. Once produced, those creative ideas need to be put to work, literally and figuratively. So the second stream of his research explores the process by which innovative ideas are accepted and implemented by others. So welcome, Matt.
0: Thank you. What a great introduction. (laughs) I'm going to have to rip that right off. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think I ripped it right off. (laughs) So let's start. I'm very excited about this. Thank you for coming. Let's start at the very beginning with the title of the book, Craft Creativity. What is craft? Define craft.
0: A lot of people think of craft as sort of working with your hands. But we really meant it more as just any skill that you know how to do. So as you were messing with the controls to set this up, that is craft, right? And, And it took time to learn that. But it's a set of knowledge that you can apply consistently to have pretty consistent outcomes. So craft is basically anything you know how to do that doesn't require that you change your perspective. Uh, Ah, okay, so that's key. Yeah, that is the key because we needed needed something to differentiate from creativity. There's actually two schools of thought in, in, in academia. One is creativity is totally different and unknowable, and the other is creativity is nothing different from the regular thinking and neither of those are exactly right and so we sort of needed to say well it's using your brain so yeah there's some similarities but there's also a different the process is different of how you use that
1: interesting so then define creativity
0: Creativity is really about perspective change, right? So perspective is the the set of assumptions you make, right? When you go into a situation and you perceive it, you say, oh, I know what this is. This is a, this type of situation. Oh, I'm watching two people shaking hands. Oh, they're greeting each other because they're smiling. Uh, that's my perspective that I impose, right? It's the framework I use to sort of make sense of what I see. Now, of course, in actuality the smiles may be forced and those people may be making a deal and they may be bitter enemies who have been forced into this situation but i don't know that right i simply impose my perspective assumptions on top of it. On it right yeah so this is why when people when when there are riddles like you know what gets wetter the more it dries they're hard because we put a framework on that and we think wetter the more it dries those things are opposite that doesn't make any sense right Right. right, and um, but if we can change it, oh, dries isn't dries isn't it? Dries is it. Right. what it's doing. It's towel. I got it. Right. <laughs> that then. That's that's the creative process. That's the creative process. Yeah. It's
1: interesting. My dad, I've quoted him often on this. He says, "If you change your point of view, you will see something new." Mm-hmm. That's like your definition of creativity.
0: Yes, uh, Proust said, uh, "Creativity is not in seeking new landscapes, but having new eyes." Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe seeing with news, uh, new eyes.'m I'm, I'm messing up probably, but but it's somewhere you get the in there. <laughs> I get the point. yeah.
1: well, and one of the things that you you have written and said that I found most compelling is that um, creativity is always possible. Always. Yeah, so talk more about that because I think a lot of people don't believe that.
0: <laughs> so my favorite example of this is the squeegee. So, you know, the squeegee that you use to clean your windshield, right? So in New Jersey, where I grew up, there's uh, full-service gas stations. So people would clean your window for you. And uh, typically, attendants would have different techniques to, you know, because the squeegee, they'd clean, you know, the driver's side, then they clean the passenger side, and then leave a seam in the middle. And so they would have different techniques to sort of deal with that. And then I would say I was 20, and suddenly I saw this amazing new discovery, can you imagine what it might be? It got rid of the seam problem.
1: Well, I'm thinking it's technique, but there's actually a tool. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, great. Like you're
0: thinking it's technique because that's what we are sort of right? focused on, right? Right. No, it was this amazing thing. It was called a longer handle ah. on the squeegee, so they could reach across the entire window, right? <laughs> and now think about this. You know, of the, the, the economists in 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 the world would say, well, what's their what's the incentive for people to do that well, it's faster, right? Especially in a full service gas station, where yeah. People you're, are not doing that right, and... you're not running around the hood of the car, right? You're not running around the car, and we got to imagine that people weren't like in the squeegee laboratories doing you know highly secretive research onto what new things can there happen. There was some
1: guy on the Jersey Turnpike <laughs> who taped a broom <laughs> handle to his squeegee,
0: <laughs> is that it? you know. Well, it's funny you say that, right? That and that's that's called bricolage, which is making do with what we have available, and that is a total form of initial creativity, the bricolage, bricolage.
1: <gasps> <gasps> This might be my new favorite word
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah bricolage that's um it's where you sort of it's take...
1: using building blocks using the bricks to put things together
0: no literally uh it's french and oh, that's okay. as much as i can tell All you right. about it. you'll have to, it you have to look it up I'm but basically it, up. it means you know when you um if you have to hammer in a nail and you don't have a hammer so you use a wrench right. right a wrench is heavy and a wrench is metal and so it's making do with what's possible and that but that does change your perspective. And again, to your point about it's always possible. This is a very simple issue, a very simple problem. But people didn't, they thought, oh, well, this is all there is. No, it's because our perspective puts those walls up. Our perspective is what blinds us to the infinite possibilities that we just don't see.
1: I think that's so on point. And when I was reading both your 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 blog and article posts as well as your book, I was really struck that I felt like curiosity was sort of a silent Partner,
0: yeah. In this, <laughs> I actually Talk love that you that. said that. I, I really do love that you said that um, because you know when we were writing this, uh, this you know there's a whole lot more that you don't get to put in the book that of just course. has to you know you just have to let go. And curiosity was one of them because y- y- there's a lot of people who like to do look at personality traits, and the one they really miss is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that that was absolutely, um, if I had to pick one thing what I would select on right curiosity would be it one of the people who I interviewed his name is Shridhar Tayar and he is a he's a professor at at Carnegie Mellon but he was also the founder of Oregon Jet which brings people who need transplanted organs to mm-hmm. he he's done a whole bunch of different things and he talks about this you know I'm broadly curious so widely read and I was you know and I'm always just interested and he talked about making connections between reading about dams controlling water to these other problems and and it's it's absolutely sort of like the underlying habit and motivation and when we were talking earlier you had mentioned about choosing to be curious and the shades of curiosity, mm-hmm. and I, I wrote back in there a little bit about intrinsic motivation. So one of the founders of creativity research, Teresa Amabile, made it very made it very clear that people are more creative when they are intrinsically interested in something. If yeah. they just like cars, then they're more likely to explore cars and see what's going on with them and find stuff. Right. So if you think about that, intrinsic motivation powers curiosity,
1: and vice versa. Yeah or no?
0: I don't know. So you, are you in a way, pose, pose a challenge. How much can we choose to be curious? Right. So if we are... Can we choose to be curious about something we really just don't care about?
1: Well, I think the answer to that is yes. Okay. And, and here's my thesis. I think the answer, or my hypothesis, I think the answer is yes because it's a little like faking it till you make it at Hmm. some level of I had this experience with social media for instance when I started this radio show (laughs) I got told I needed to do Facebook and Twitter yeah right (laughs) and and I thought okay if that's part of the deal then that's what I'll do and when I treated it as a curiosity exercise when I chose to be curious about well how does this work what what are other people doing that I find effective? What's actually working? Where what what gets audience attention in my experience? I mean, what's sort of the general word out there? But also what's my own experience about mm-hmm. this, when I chose to be curious about this task that at the beginning I viewed as only onerous, <laughs> I learned a lot, and I and I got. More comfortable with it. I grew to appreciate it in certain ways. So I right. think the answer is yes, we can, sometimes easier than others, no question.
0: So I think you've convinced me um, because the way I, I'll reinterpret what you said is that, you know, you're saying that there is a, you know, social media is a big thing. There are aspects about it that are interesting. Um, and if we can find those and use those as the primary driver for our exploration, you know, we'll learn the other stuff along the right. way. Right. And and I think so. As you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, I am kind of curious as to how people are persuaded or why they post or what you know these the way uh, ideas. Proliferate so that is because I have the same I have the same onerous. My feeling job about here is it. done. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good. Well, you know there was uh, just to, to, you like analogies. Uh, I do. So there was I uh, I'm gonna forget the writer, but he wrote for Vanity Fair and he believes that all of uh, you can learn to love any food. It's all just a matter of habit and conditioning and so he set out to to love 10 foods that he absolutely hated and was able to do it and i don't know
1: if that's a curiosity challenge i could take on
0: (laughs) but well but again it's to your point is right there's there's a set of habits and a set of activities assumptions and beliefs that,
1: about ourselves
0: that we can leverage to yeah. to 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 want to explore and be curious
1: so so that's interesting because one of the things that you talk about um in the book is the fallacy of our idea about novices and children being mm, yeah. <laughs> more creative and i think it's true people say that too about about curiosity uh, you know why is that so wrong-headed what's to be gained about rethinking? those assumptions because a lot of what you're talking about is really rethinking assumptions challenging assumptions
0: right okay so let's start with the premise that what we want is creativity that works
1: you're listening to choose to be curious conversations about curiosity and work and life i'm your host lynn borton and i'm joined today by matt cronin Professor of Business and co-author of the book, The Craft of Creativity. He gives us language to distinguish the skills and drills of craft from the perspective change inherent in creativity. His book got me thinking about the role of curiosity in creativity and whether there's a craft to curiosity as well.
0: I open the book with talking about this, you know, the Shinkansen train that goes through the tunnel and makes a loud noise and it's too loud for the, you know, the law in Japan and they figure out that it's tunnel boom is what they call it. You couldn't put novices in there and say, solve that because right. they would have no idea like how it's even happening. And even if you told them, well, it's because there's a pressure differential, they would be like, OK, well, uh, but I don't know what to do in the. In the movie, it might get loud, which puts um, Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page together. They're all guitarists, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. But, um, uh, has them talk about their process. The Edge, who you know is from U two and acknowledges that they really didn't know how to play their instruments when they got started, talks about his you know growth as learning his craft so he can get what's in his head to come out. Yeah. So we need so so novices don't have that, neither do kids, which is why kids can th- now this goes to the actual research when they when they look at Torrance tests of creativity, which is how many uses for a brick or tin can, the way you measure that is with how many ideas are there, how many categories of ideas and how rare are those ideas. And so kids who don't worry about feasibility can say, you know, a brick can be used as an airplane, or you can say <laughs> right. whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And and so, so they do produce more, but a lot of those ideas are bad. So again, if they produce hundred ideas and an expert produces ten, they did produce more ideas. But if ninety-nine of their this ideas is where are your bad, usefulness test.
1: Yeah, comes if ninety-nine
0: in, of yeah. their ideas won't work, and five of the experts will. We really care about those five. And that's actually, so Jesse Gesford, who's, who's a composer at Mason, when I said, hey, have you gotten more creative? He said, no, I think I'm less creative. He started by saying, I think I'm less creative because I have fewer ideas. And that's the that's the gut response. That's what we hear about why kids are more creative. They have more ideas. But then as he ta- thought about it, he's like, well, you know, but actually I'm much better at getting things to work, uh. right? So I'm, I'm much better at getting a song out of those creative ideas because I'm more efficient. And I don't spend time on bad ideas. And you hear a lot of people who work in creative industries, like you know, video game design, saying, "If you come in with a thousand ideas, you're you have no idea how to separate good from bad, and that makes you immature." Uh-huh. So we look at novices and we look at production and we say, "Oh, they're better." We also notice that novices sometimes aren't trapped by the rules that the experts have. That is true, right? That is true. There are plenty of novices who say, "Oh." You know, I didn't realize we couldn't do this, and so I did it, right. and ta-da. But there's also a whole lot more times when they say, "Oh, I thought this would be a good idea," and it turned out to not be a good idea at all. And had I talked to an expert, they would have told me that. Right,
1: right, so, and we get sort of the headline, the breakthrough ones. We yeah, don't hear we hear all of the false positives. <laughs> it's
0: it's totally an availability bias, right? We hear about all the exceptions, and those exceptions are a tiny shred of the whole data set, right?
1: So that's part of it, that, that discernment, yes. that sifting, um, is part of the craft then of mm-hmm. creativity. Do you think that there could be a craft to curiosity?
0: Yes, but let me just clarify a little bit. So yeah. cr- if craft is a skill, we called it the craft of creativity because we wanted to say there is a skill to knowing how to be creative, right? There's also a craft to woodworking. You know, and a craft to organizational behavior. But so there is a skill to knowing how to be creative. Is there a skill to knowing how to be curious? Absolutely. And you just actually gave me that great example with the the social media about if we knew that, hey, you can you'll be more curious if you find some piece that you find interesting and you dig there and learn other stuff along the way. Like that's essentially a rule. That a yes, it
1: is. It is sort of a simple rule of curiosity, right? And and that's and the more we learn those Uh simple
0: rules of curiosity, I mean, everything that we do has heuristics that become algorithms, right? They become our routines. That's how we know how to do things, right? We we make these routines.
1: So one of the things that you talk about in the in the book is that this takes work. It takes effort. (laughs) That creativity is not some magic woo woo things that sort of floats by and lands. Serendipitously, on a few, on a lucky few, right. But that these are people who work really hard at it. That's another one of the fallacies, I think, that's sort of out there. Talk a little bit more about that.
0: So I will say there are a lot of people in the creativity world. So I think of Keith Sawyer as one of these guys who says, you know, hey, listen, creativity is a lot of work, and be aware of that. (laughs) There's another guy, Robert Weisberg, who, who also it's work, but. But it's a different kind of work. That's the only thing I want to say. So in addition to sort of having to put in effort and time, there is a a work to dealing with uncertainty. There's a work to sitting in, you know, trying again and again and again in different ways where you can't predict the outcome. So what makes the creative process different from the craft process is craft is predictable. I mean, you can fail. Uh-huh. But you understand, you understand why you failed, why. right? So again, if I try and bench, you know, 250 pounds and I can't, right? You know why. I know why. But I do know, but I was doing it properly, right? I was lifting the bar. I was doing, you know, like, that I know why I failed. It's all there. Whereas creativity, you, something may happen and you have no idea why, yeah. right? So again, I had a, an honor student and she... Talked about like putting uh, potassium, I think it was in neurons and, you know, the concentration of some other thing was supposed to go up and it went down. And she's like, well, that doesn't make sense. I must have did this wrong. And she mm-hmm. did it again. she like got get the same result. What the? And there's a lot of these, you know, sort of the, the knowing that, hey, I shouldn't give up. Hey, I shouldn't dismiss this. Hey, I should stick with it right? And I should, uh, that is, there's a whole lot I don't understand, and I could be wrong in my perspective, just knowing that. That's part of the, that's a rule of creativity.
1: Uh, you know, there's a, i I don't remember it exactly. There's a great line from Isaac Asimov about, about scientific discovery starting, not with Eureka, but that's funny.
0: Yes. Right. So in, a, in the book, we talk about that as surprise. That's yeah. one of the cues. Yes. A cue is something that tells you, hey, something's, something's weird here. So the, the idea of the surprise or that that's weird you know, is is absolutely a, a piece of this puzzle.
1: So you talk about the cues, and that's an interesting list. You also talk about uncertainty and the role of uncertainty in creativity. And it gets somewhere described as this villain in the creative process. And I wanted to ask about yeah. this because there are, there's theory, anyway, within curiosity, that curiosity is marked by a high tolerance for uncertainty and yes I'm, I'm interested in that intersection what do you okay think?
0: so uh, don't let me forget that it seems like teaching people to not be so upset by uncertainty would be part of the craft of curiosity ah okay right? I think that's a great I think that's a great place <laughs> yeah well wow, you could begin and end there <laughs> so well so we people tend to not like uncertainty yeah. and especially these days I don't know what's happened but these days we, we seem to be so obsessed with having everything planned out exactly to the t and people get like visibly anxious and uncomfortable when you they can't do that right and so when they feel that way it's either makes them quit or look for certainty or impose certainty in a way that is um unhelpful Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you know so so if we're on if we don't like uncertainty we want to know what's the use of this right now, right? Or, right, if you say, I think there's a better way. Well, what is that better way? Well, I'm not sure yet. What do you mean you're not sure? <laughs> you know, so, so...
1: So speaking of immediate application, or maybe it's not immediate because you've been working on this for a long time, but what have you learned to do differently as a result of your research in this area?
0: Well, I think it was eye-opening how common this process was. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody, so I, I literally started a long, long time ago with a, a, a young woman who was a graduate student, Tina Brand, and we were uh, interviewing bands and so about their creative process. And it was funny because every guy we spoke to was sort of say, oh man, like this is gonna sound totally weird, but this is how I do it. Like I sort of like start playing around and like, you know, something comes out and I'm like, oh, wow, man, that's cool. And then I sort of work and develop it. And I was shocked by two things. One is that not only was that what everybody said, despite everyone's thinking it's weird, everyone said exactly (laughs) that same thing. Uh That's what I used to do when we would write music. And that got me thinking, huh, I wonder if there's some kind of common process. And then as I sort of talked to, again, artists and compared them to mathematicians or network programmers or lawyers, and they all said the same kind of thing about this, you know, sort of uh, having to go out into the void mm-hmm. and, you know, eventually coming back with something and then having to develop it and maybe go out again. So it got me more comfortable in that process. It got me to sort of realize that I've got to make a lot of trips to the void. I necessarily can't force it. Mm-hmm. Right. I It's um, I will tell you, it's still tough. But I've, I'm more confident in how the process goes now. And I try my best to sort of conform more to this, um, giving myself space for exploration, but then developing that exploration, then giving myself, you know, this sort of cycle of going back and forth. Yeah,
1: it really is a cycle, isn't it? That's part of the process. I guess yes. that's that's the big reveal, right? Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I want to go back to your curious thing. Yeah. So um, if you're curious about something, let's think about even interpersonally. And you say, hey, I'm curious about this thing that is, you know, you say it's this way, but I'm not sure. If I get defensive and shut you down, right, because I'm uncertain. Maybe I'm even uncertain about what you're saying to me. Maybe yeah. I think that, oh, you're challenging my authority, right? Right. That kills it. Yeah. Kills it for everybody. Yeah. And it's so it's very fragile. You know, curiosity and creativity are very fragile. And we have to not not do that.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. So we are... Not going to have time to talk about the analogies, but we do have time. There's always time for my analogies. OK, sure. So mm-hmm. reach in, um, take a slip of paper. Uh, you're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever you pull out. I'm going to take one for myself, one for the audience.
0: Uh, you want to go first, or you want me to go? <laughs> um, let's see. Creativity is like a moth. Ooh. Creativity is like a moth in that we do not we do not yet understand how moths fly. With what we know about aerodynamics, moths shouldn't be able to fly. Oh, um, yeah, um, that I'm, I'm hoping that information still isn't is out of date, but I, that, that <laughs> was true. that was true for a while. <laughs> Similarly, but we will at some point understand how they work. Um, creativity is similar. Like we understand that it happens, that it's systematic. We just don't understand the process of how it works. So we need more research. We need more thought. We need more focused empirical data to understand what that process is because it may challenge our current beliefs. So in the same way that aeronautical thought is the, cur- is the current belief that is challenged by the moth, right, Great people having moments of insight, and one idea is all you need. Is our current thought that needs to be expanded to incorporate the process?
1: Challenging assumptions. Once again, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> See, not too so bad, right? No. Um, okay, I have pomegranate. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: How is curiosity like a pomegranate? Um, well, uh, you know, like curiosity with a pomegranate, you you sort of peel back. The cover, and there are all of these seeds um, that are kind of delicious and um, maybe a little messy, um, but uh, but the whole point of peeling away the cover. So that's how curiosity is like a pomegranate. And can audience? I add to that? Yeah,
0: I would say also that you actually have to get them, and they're like yeah. getting them effectively and efficiently is not an easy process because they're so embedded within There's the craft, right. And, they're also in, and you could also say that much like the seeds are imb- embedded in a part that you don't want, creativity is embedded also in maybe some stuff that you have to get rid of. And you have to go through.
1: It's a yes and on analogy. Yeah, so there you go. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. And audience, um, yours is flowers. How is curiosity like flowers? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, thank you so much for this. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you, too. It has been. It's been great.
1: You've been listening to Choose to be Curious. You can find this and all my previous episodes on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you follow me there and on social media at Choose to be Curious. Don't forget to send us your flower analogy, hashtag analogy. Special thanks to my guest, Matt Cronin. You'll find links to the craft of creativity on my website. Our theme and other music by Sean Ballack. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, choose to be curious.